Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This 710 podcast is brought to you by Francis Coppola's Diamond Collection Wines. Coppola's Diamond Collection offers the perfect wines to celebrate both big and small occasions this summer. Claret Cabernet Sauvignon is the perfect pairing with juicy burgers. And Diamond Sparkling Prosecco goes great with friends at your next garden party. Enjoy your summer with Diamond Collection Wines. Francis Ford Coppola Winery, Sonoma, California. Please drink responsibly. What You Need to Know is brought to you by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times. That's the 90 minutes from wherever you are. Lauda, what do you got? Hey guys. All right. Cappy, shout out to your daughter who just got her braces off. I remember those days. I was like, oh my God. I heard yep. them in the break. So, yep. George, my daughter was walking in and she didn't see me. And I was taking the megaphone. And I was going, come show me your teeth with your braces off. And she's like, <laughs> what the hell's going on? And dude, yeah. And now I she got it. the braces off. She looks Congratulations. So good. Mazel tov. Well, now her and Nick the stick, I mean, they're not going to get like locked up, brace locked <laughs> yeah. when they're making out. Yeah. Yeah, you're such a chill and, dad, and, and just in time for uh, your parents to see her without the braces. Oh, that's true. Yeah. So, Julia, you had your braces off, huh? <laughs> it's gonna happen. I remember the day that I took my braces off, and I was like, "Ooh, my teeth are pretty and white. I love it." Oh, she so. actually took them off and went, "Man, I better get my teeth cleaned immediately." Oh, yes, you, you do need to do that. That's you got you got to do it the same time you take the teeth the the braces off, girl. Well, why didn't the dentist do that? It's worth well, a dentist. Mm. Freaking guy. Slacking. Anyways, so when I mention Northeast Oklahoma to you guys, is the first thing that comes to mind a theme park? A theme park? When you say what? Northeast Oklahoma. No. Exactly. When I saw this, I was like, what? Who the hell's going to want to go there? Well, people apparently are going to want to because they invested $2 billion to create a theme park and resort that is going to be coming soon in 2026. This um, theme park is said to look or try to resemble Disneyland. It is uh, 100 acres. They are opening, like I said, a theme park. They will have a resort also there. And it's going to be called the American Heartland Theme Park and Resort. Mm-hmm. They invested $2 billion. That's also coming with an RV park. Um, I'm like, I don't know if I'm in on this. Oh, well, it may not be this. your cup of tea, but there's oh. plenty of people that would totally oh. be in on that. I, mean, I would yeah, be right in on this. But no, let me I'm tell you why this freak, is good. You know? No, let me tell you why this is good. Tell me, Cappy, tell me. So hypothetical. Mm-hmm. You've never been to Disneyland in your life. And, and you can't get people. down there. I right? mean, okay. And you've never been to Disneyland. I sound and, like and, that and, spoiled brat, huh? And you, mm. No, no, but but you live in Northeast Oklahoma. Right. Mm-hmm. You've never been to Disneyland. It's hard to get to L.A. or right. f- even Florida, Orlando, right, right. from there. So. you got to okay. travel to get there, number one. True, When you true. get there, you know, Southern California, the prices. The, if you live in Northeast Oklahoma and you come to L.A. and you see just the gas prices, the mm-hmm. sticker shock will scare you right back to Northeast Oklahoma. Yeah. Okay. Come on, Wilbur. We're going home to Northeast <laughs> Oklahoma. I can't pay these $6 gas prices. It's true. So there's sticker shock. In Oklahoma, it will be cheaper to buy that land. It will be cheaper to build that resort. It will have an RV uh, park, to your point. People can travel from all over the country. Yep. And it will be so much less expensive than going to Disneyland or Disney World or other amusement parks. Well, and just the region, right? Like, right. there's just right. people in that. come from everywhere. Right. That part, that, that part of the world... Um, there's a lot of driving in that region of the world, is what I'm saying. You know what I mean? Like, that makes sense. So there's people that live in those border states to Oklahoma that will go there, right? So I think that, that that's the way you have to look at it. So if you live, let's say, in North Texas, right, it, you can you can get there. If you it, you said it was Northeast Oklahoma, right? Right. Yes. Right. So what are the, what other states are around there? You got Arkansas there. Kansas, Missouri. Kansas. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, I guess you could consider Mississippi, Louisiana, 
Right. If you want to schlep a little bit further, maybe yeah. from Colorado right. or but Kentucky. What, Iowa, you know, you can get there, you know, relatively easily. George right? and I really know geography, by the way, people. <laughs> Neither of us are looking at a map, just yeah. so you know. I'm looking at a map right now. So am I. I All mean, right. the I development also- Well, I knew the Texas part but I, and, and, and Kansas, but I didn't know the other ones so, off the top of my head. So the mm-hmm. development also comes and includes a 300-room hotel and a modern indoor water park. So, I mean, it's cool. I'm not going to be rushing to northeast Oklahoma to probably see it. Because Oklahoma right. City is like the middle of the state. Right. So you can I may get not be rushing either. Yeah. I mean, look, I don't I don't know. We sound if so I get a game if I get a game in OKC, maybe I'll want to go. You're, well, you're going to tell us like how it do. is. Yeah. Let, let right, me tell you what I'd like to do. Has tell anybody ever done this? Um I would love to go on a vacation. Mm-hmm. A road trip around every state? Yes, it doesn't have to be oh. every state, but like where I rent an RV. Where you oh states you haven't been to. Yeah, like like for example, yeah. I want to drive I have north. a friend who just did this. They wanted they did they I wanted heard to do so cool. 50 before 50. 50 states before turning okay. 50. That's dope. I'm not going to do that. That's actually really dope. Well, you're well, yeah, already you're, past yeah. 50. <laughs> right. You're I'm going to see 53 part. states. I'm going to add Puerto Rico. <laughs> yeah. Um but I would love to drive up to like South Dakota and see Mount Rushmore. Right. Is that where it is? Is it in South Dakota yep. or is it in North mm-hmm. Dakota? Yeah. I would love to be able to drive to Arizona to the Grand Canyon. I've never done that before. And I'd like to do it in an RV where I'm completely self-contained. Doesn't that sound fun? Actually, to me it does. I wanted to do this with a group of friends a few years pre-COVID. And we saw how much it would cost. And we're like, yeah, no, we're good. We'll fly. Yeah, I don't know what it costs to rent an RV. You know, I own a piece of a hotel in Montana. Oh really? What kind of hotel? Whoa. No, it's like a re- like like a buddy of mine works in the hotel business, and it was like literally a very small investment. So, That's so cool, it's though. a residence in and a uh, courtyard. Okay, I like those two brands. That's yeah. super cool, though. Okay, yeah. way to go. Yeah. All right, so we can stay in your hotel in Montana. We can I can get you the friends and family discount. Okay. I can actually do that for. I mean, Marriott I'm not. I can't comp you, but you okay. know. Okay. I don't got that kind of ownership stake. I understand. If you Plus, have a buddy that, like, seriously, that works in, in the hotel business, oh, they the hook hookup is, is big time. in, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. my God. I stayed yeah. at the Westin in Chicago yeah. for, like, no money. Yeah. It was great. Yeah, I bet. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I'm with you, Cappy. I would love to do that. I thought, I tried to do that one time. I wanted to rent an RV and do it, but they charge, a lot of these RV places charge by the mile. Yes. Yeah. That's the problem. Right. When you rack, like, it's bad, man. I yeah. think, though, I wonder in today's day and age, you know, we've got Uber uh, mm-hmm. and we've got Airbnb. Mm-hmm. Are, isn't there some kind of an Air RVNV? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. No. Well, there's got to be something sure. where you no, that, rent that privately. Bu- that business is, is renting you by the mile, and that's where you get, I mean, you're going to get crushed. I mean, Airbnb is so expensive now. It's oh, it's not more cheap. Expensive. I actually go VRBO now. Verbo. Oh, we did that in Santa Barbara this weekend. VRBO is clutch. I used to do it before Airbnb was a thing. Yeah. I stayed in San Francisco for like. Nothing. Verbo to me is is better. Yeah. It doesn't have all the silly fees, and it's not. Everybody's trying to rake you over the coals at Airbnb. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah, I'm telling you, man. We did a VRBO this weekend in Santa Barbara. A we Verbo? Had like this three bedroom place because we had me and three and Rachel and three kids. <laughs> Rachel. And dude, I'm telling you, it was it was freaking expensive. Now it's Santa Barbara in the summer and it's yeah. like right on State Street. I get it. Yeah. But it was expensive. That is what you need to know. Brought to you by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times, less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. What is the strangest town you've been to in America? Like that you were just like I I don't I don't even know how I'm here. Boy, this is gonna be a little embarrassing. You're going to have to Google this one, pal. It's not like just some town that I just kind of walked into one day. Mm-hmm. This is the, the town that I grew up in as a little kid. Mm-hmm. I'm talking 1975, 76. Mm-hmm. I'm a little, little kid, five, six years old. Yeah. Clearly, there's no cell phones. There's no cable television. Right. You know, this was the kind of small town where my mother would let me and the dog out at the same time in the morning. And then, like, yell our names at, like, 6 o'clock at night. Literally yelling our name in the front yard. Scott! Come home! Right? Like, that's the kind of small-ass little town this was. Uh Uh-huh. I'll tell you the name of it. What is it? Woodridge. Mm W-O-O-D-R-I-D-G-E. Woodridge, New York. And, George, today, in 2023, in Woodridge, New York, it is 1964. 1964. Still if looks you, like it is what you're saying. If you Google map Woodridge, New York, yeah, and you look at the downtown area. Do you know how many I, people live in Woodridge, New York? A couple hundred, maybe? 747, according to the 2020 census. Yep. It's that like was, petrified. Dude, I, was, I lived in this teeny 
tiny little town growing up as a kid. My grandfather was from there. My great-grandfather was from there. My great-grandfather in the 30s during Prohibition was like running a... It it uh, seems like, I'm looking at the map, it looks like it's only a couple like like Two hours from New York I was going to say a couple hours from New York. So So what happened was the mob back in the 30s during Prohibition was looking for places where they could make alcohol and run alcohol. Right. My great great grand my great grandfather, his house was where they made the alcohol, and my grandfather and all of his brothers, they're the ones that ran all the alcohol. Hmm. And so that you could do that in a teeny tiny little town in the middle of nowhere. Woodridge, right. New York. There Tell you me go. yours. Uh Jonesboro, Arkansas. Jonesboro, wow. I'm gonna Google map that. Uh Jonesboro, Arkansas is where the Uni- Arkansas State University is, mm-hmm. the Red Wolves. And I got there because I did a game there once when they were in the, what conference were they in? The Sunbelt Conference. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was many, many, many years ago. Nice looking town. And uh, But it's a dry town. Oh. oh. Oof. Dry town. Huh? I got to the hotel. The hotel had a bar. Oh. And I didn't know it was a dry town. Mm-hmm. So I walk up to the guy. I say, hey, can I get a beer? And he's like, Oh, sorry, sir. This is a dry county. And I was like, but then why do you have a bar? Yeah, <laughs> but, they Iced tea, sir? Yeah. And I'm like, I guess I'll have a Diet Coke. You know what I mean? Like, wow. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You mean, what year was this? It's probably like 2010 or 11. A dry town mm-hmm. in the United States of there's America still- in 2010. Yeah. I wonder if there's a list of dry when I towns. Went, when I lived in Connecticut. Isn't Baton Rouge still in? Baton Rouge is definitely no. not a dry town. I, wait, <laughs> I'm thinking of something in Louisiana. Yeah, what I, I, I Must of? be New Orleans, I bet no. you. <laughs> New Orleans is probably the I dry was town. in New Orleans yeah. when they told us that's why they were so here. So they... Um, what is it? Now i got to Google They... Um, so, yeah, dry town there. So in, when I lived in Connecticut, on Sundays, they'd stop selling booze at 6 o'clock. Still. Hmm. I'm, looking, I'm Googling the dry it, towns. This in was the, in 2013 US. and 14 and 15 when I lived there, that on Sundays, 6 o'clock, they'd stop alcohol sales. There is a list of dry communities in America, and they have it broken down by state. Mm-hmm. It seems like everybody in the country has something going on where somebody's dry. See, I'm looking up California. I'm not seeing that yet. I'm looking for it. Probably not very many there. I There's can't none. imagine. <laughs> can't imagine. Wikipedia dr- says nothing. Yeah. Can't be any dry counties in California. There are. Uh, California specifically allows local jurisdictions to enact liquor laws mm-hmm. that, are sh- that are stricter than the state. That's all really? it says right now, but it doesn't mm-hmm. say specific places. Okay. Well, I'll tell you this much right now. You get weed everywhere in California. Yes, you do. A lot of weed. Uh, no, no dry towns. No dry towns. Okay. I have a question for you guys. Yeah. Jonesboro, Arkansas. Mm-hmm. So I'm like a huge freak about like the Hallmark movies, like during the Christmas time, yeah. right? You know, how Craighead have- County is the Jonesboro, Arkansas. What Sullivan County, Woodridge, New York. Yeah. I want to go to one of those like Christmassy themed towns. Have you guys, have you guys? Like, what do you mean by that? Like yeah, you know, Chris- like in the Hallmark movies, there's like there's always like the girl that gets lost in the weird like middle of nowhere town and it happens to be a christmas freak kind of i mean there are legit cities that you could do this like there's a legit place in indiana called santa claus no but like my friend my friend went (laughs) is it just like christmas year round is that what you're saying no no no. it's not it's not like my friend went to that and she was like yeah you know where you need to go like vermont Hmm. something like that beautiful it's gorgeous i've never been to vermont beautiful gorgeous i've been to vermont um when I lived in the Northeast, we went to Vermont. We went to a great ski town called Stowe. Uh, beautiful place. Mm-hmm. Uh, 20 minutes from the Ben & Jerry's factory. We went to the Ben & Jerry's factory. We had a lot of ice cream. Um, yeah, Vermont. Okay. It's cold, though. No, Vermont's a beautiful place. Go. Old I mean, East that, Coast right, has my heart. Dude, Vermont, New Hampshire. Um, All those New England states. Yeah, I mean, it's just- Connecticut. Beautiful up there, man. I mean, look, you can just go. You don't have to go that far. You can go to like Colorado. There's a bunch of beautiful Christmas towns there. But is it like? Yeah, you know, I, I guess. I mean, there's I'm a lot of woods like, and stuff like that. Like, I mean, you know what I mean? Like, you can just like go to. I mean, it's it's, it's pricey. Go to Mammoth go, during the holidays, dude. It's beautiful. Yeah, it go is, to yeah, go to like. Actually, you don't have to go that far. Go to Big Bear. 
No, baby. No, 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 no. I want like that. Like. Okay, you want something different? Get all, how do go I to Colorado. It? Go to one of the ski I, towns. I really want to, like, you know, like, when you would look at a Hallmark channel. Look, on the, on the Christmas Aspen, Vail, you know all those mean? places look like they're beautiful in Christmas mm-hmm. time. Beautiful. Okay. Or, I don't or, watch look, Hallmark movies. Or like Nan- you don't watch Hallmark movies? None of them. Or like ever. Nantucket in what? Massachusetts or something like Maine. that? Go to Maine. Go to the Carabasset Valley No, Maine. Maine is very, very cold. Carabasset Valley in Maine. Sugarloaf, Maine. I think I have to look at What are the other, I'm missing another, Brecken Ridge is another Colorado uh, ski okay. town. Do all that okay. stuff. Okay. Yeah, like that's close. Have the boo close. do it. Have the boo do it for you. Oh, he hates. Have the boo he make used a to trip. live in Chicago. He hates that. Park City, Utah, also close. He hates the Park cold. City's great. Park City, Utah is is great. Okay. Have the boo make a trip and tell your friends to butt out. <laughs> wow, Come on, Gabby. Cap. Come on, Gabby. God, I'm so mad at all your friends. Cap, what we talked about on dinner was not for air. Oh. Oh, well. I said that. I told you that. I told you that on the air already. I'm mad at everybody. All right. Coming up next, we didn't get to Lane Kiffin. Lane Kiffin trying to change college football as we speak. We'll talk about that next. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Abaca. Oh, yeah. So, the reason why I picked the song, because I was doing my live yesterday, and everyone's like, ooh, I love the old school vibe. Then, you know, drinks started flowing. Yeah. And the merengue started kicking in with the banda. Yeah. The moment I played, like, two seconds of this song, I got kicked out of Instagram Live. What? So they don't let you play music technically because oh. of copyright and all whatever. Right, you have to do the thing that they select like in your stories yes. or whatever, right? So I was so mad because I'm like, out of all the songs that I played, this song kicked me out. So I was mad. But you know what? The the live was popping. The live was Cappy rolled in through the live for a little bit. Shout out to him, Greg. Popped into my life when I was taking a shot of tequila. I was like, oh, great. My boss just saw me <laughs> down a shot of tequila. Thank you, Greg. I'm like, but you know what? If you guys want to go and see and just hang out with me on Wednesdays, 9.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, go follow me at unique, U-N-W-E-E-Q underscore. There you go. By the way, Dave Days on the in the Sedano Cap Circle of Trust says there are three towns in California that are dry but you says that these are since 2021 so you'd have to check now if that's oh. updated okay. uh greenfield california oh, uh, is in monterey county so up okay. north, up north. Okay. fort Irwin, california which is in san bernardino county oh. shout out Interesting. Yeah. it's an army post oh so it has alcohol restrictions okay, okay. makes sense and then san ramon i found to be strange also in the bay yeah I don't um know. it's a san ramon had a history of being a dry town but it's worth checking for any changes in regulations Mm-hmm. Anybody in Louisiana can still tell me because no. uh, yeah, Baton Rouge and New Orleans are both it's dry not, towns. No, I was yeah, in New Orleans when somebody came and was like, "Oh yeah, where we were was a dry town." I was like, "Oh, I don't know." I I just saying. Yeah, uh, Cappy. So Lane Kiffin today, yeah, took the stage at SEC Media Days. Former right. USC coach mm-hmm. who uh, was unceremoniously let go, as we all remember on the tarmac, and. He was on stage complaining openly about the college football system mm-hmm. at the moment. 
And I want to let you hear what he said, and then we can discuss further. Let's hear from Lane today, earlier at SEC Media Days. Imagine, like, in professional sports, which, again, we are. So, as far as it is with players, that you're coaching a player in camp, and then they go, you know what? I don't like the way you're coaching me. I've graduated, so I'm going to go. I'm going to go play for another team. Um, you know, and teams know that. I mean, people pre-portal. And, um, you know, they know who's, who's going in. They know who's graduated. So you're really dealing with that, too. And that messes kids up. I say, like, it's really challenging for a kid. He's working out with his team in the offseason, but then other schools are calling him about going there and him being fully invested when, hey, the strength coach yells at me or I don't like the, where I am on the depth chart and I can, go, I can go, I can leave. You know, that's not really a good setup. Um. Okay, first of all, the example he used is pretty ridiculous because a guy that graduates, regardless, by the way, of whether there was a portal or not, could have chose to have left your program because he graduated the school. Yeah, so, that's how it works. So pre-portal, that was still a thing. <laughs> like, that example is ludicrous, number one. Um, number two, the hypocrisy of Lane Kiffin, of all people, okay? Fine, Feinbaum called him out. Who literally left Tennessee in the middle of the night. They hate him there. Okay, to go chase dollars um, and other jobs and has done this. And last season, by the way, was flirting with Auburn when his team was 8-1 and one, and then they lost the last four. Like, this to me is like, yo, can you look at yourself in the mirror a little bit? Well, I love the rant, George. I do. It's funny to me that a younger coach like Lane Kiffin has such a sort of old-school opinion of what college football is right now versus what it used to be. Like, in the old days, when I say the old days, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, if you were a kid at UCLA and you were third on the depth chart and you didn't like the way the strength coach was treating you, transferring was a very difficult proposition. What Kiffin is saying is that today, transferring is so easy that you have to kind of walk on eggshells to make sure kids don't leave your program. Oh, God forbid. You got to treat them like, I don't know, like normal. Well, I mean, listen, what I'm saying is, is that here's a younger coach who has more of an older school mentality, and you bring up good points, which are this is a guy who has time and again not been what you might think of as loyal to a program, and he's chasing bucks, and he's uh, chasing status in coaching and so on. What, you think he was happy coaching at Florida Atlantic when now he's in the SEC at Ole Miss? Back in the SEC. Yeah, right. So Lane Kiffin, you know, Tyler, you just said that, that Paul Feinbaum called him out for being a hypocrite. Do you have that? Is there audio to that? Yeah, I have it. You want to hear it? Yeah. Well, he may be right, but talk about hypocritical people. Amen. Thank Does you. anyone remember who was negotiating with Auburn last year toward the end of last season while Thank his you, team, once ranked in the top ten, imploded and lost five straight games, Four. including the Egg Bowl, the biggest game of the year? That was Lane Kiffin. Oh, Lane cool. Kiffin leveraged – that, that dalliance with Auburn for about an $11 million deal. So, I mean, he may be right about the state of college football, but when it comes to hypocrisy, Lane Kiffin just retired the trophy. Oh, by the way, <laughs> by the way, do you know who he added this year? He has Jackson Dart as, quarter, as one of his quarterbacks who was at USC, who he got through the portal. Okay, mm -hmm. let's start there. Uh, he added Spencer Sanders, who was a four-year starter at Oklahoma State. And you know who, what Mike Gundy's going to have to do this year? Play a guy who's never really played all that much at Oklahoma State. So, Hilarious to me that he's he's the one ripping the, the situation, yet being the guy that pillages other programs. Well, look, I mean, all these kids hit the portal, you know? And and the way Lane Kiffin made it seem is if before they even are in the portal, everybody know who's going who's transferring, who's moving around. Um, okay. I mean, I'm not really in college football anymore. I'm not in somebody's facility to know if he's right or wrong, but I mean, it would seem to me that if you're a kid and you're unhappy with your situation. I mean, listen, by the way, these are not kids that are just backup players. You know, if you're the starting quarterback at Notre Dame 
and you all of a sudden don't think the situation at Notre Dame is so great because some other kid just transferred in from wherever it was, Wake Forest or Vanderbilt or right. something? Sam Hartman went from Wake Forest. At, by the way, gra- I graduated, if I recall correctly, so that was always legal. Right. So, uh, went but, to Notre Dame, and then the kid Buckner um, went to, went went to, to Alabama, Alabama right. to compete for the job there. Right. And by the way, you know, you say that that was always legal, graduating and moving. It may have been. It was. But, but I'll tell you right now, it was a very uncommon practice a long time ago it has become somewhat vogue i'd call it in the last maybe 10 years where guys transfer after graduating i'm going to finish at virginia be graduated have eligibility and transfer to san diego state because i could barely play at virginia but i could actually play over here you know and listen george I, i keep thinking about it for my own son i'd love for him to play as long as he can this guy's played at so many places by now all I keep telling him is graduate, and who knows? Maybe you appeal to the NCA. Maybe they'll let you play till you're 32 years old. Yeah, I just think Lane Kiffin is the worst person to have this conversation with. Like, really, dude? <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> like, you're pillaging other schools. You were like one of the first coaches to embrace it, but the problem is now everyone else has embraced it too, and it's no longer like this um, this 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 method you can use to supplement your team. I don't really know why you're calling it pillaging other schools, though. Here's how I interpret it. No, no, but I because he's the one that says that this is a disaster and that it's like he's he's the one making it seem like like schools like these kids are doing things that are dishonest almost. I mean, the way I kind of think of it though is it's like um, kids enter the portal, and we're going to lose kids to the portal. So the portal is how we recruit now. Whereas back like when I was in yeah, high school. Yeah, but I will tell you this, Cappy. What? Let me hear. Uh, the college coaches I've talked to yeah. still say, the, yeah, the portal helps, but it's it's really more to fill holes more than it is to build the nucleus of your roster. The reality is when you talk to college football coaches, they still tell you you got to stack classes to be elite in college yeah. football. Yeah, well, um, tell that to the kid who thought he was going to be able to play at a school and was flirting with the coaches, and the coach calls him back and goes, hey, you know what? We decided to take a kid from the portal. It's right, but, I, but, but I would tell you that the, the chances of that happening are for kids who are not the elite-level kids is what I'm telling you. So in this arms race that is college athletics, period, the elite-level kids are still being the, are still the kids that they recruited from day one. No, no question about it. But the elite level kids are a much much smaller number. No, I get, not when I'm you're just, talking about the SEC though, or big time college football. Is what I'm saying. I'm just saying to you though that it's it it's a thing where now recruiting has gone from we're going to go see a player play on Friday night, or we're just going to study his huddle film. But instead of doing that, it's like, hey, this high school kid's all right, but I'll take the kid who's in his third year who can transfer who doesn't have to sit out, who's got a body that can help us more now than in the future. So I'd rather take the guy from the portal than take the kid from high school. And that is happening all the time. And listen, parents out there who whose kids play high school ball and who are hoping to play college ball, you guys probably know what I'm talking about, but it is a bizarre time in so, college sports. So here's what I will tell you. I, I looked this up. Tell me. Just recently. Go ahead. The average Power 5 school has yeah. 12 guys in the transfer portal. Now, that is also skewed, by the way, mm-hmm. by teams whose coaches leave or get fired, et cetera, et cetera. So it's mm-hmm. not 12 across the board. It's the average. But mm-hmm. they're obviously like what's happening in Northwestern, right? They're going to have 20, 30 kids in the portal. Uh, Colorado, right? The whole thing with Dion, They had like 40-something kids or 50 kids in the portal. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Those numbers get skewed because of situations that happen every year. Mm-hmm. Not everyone is 20 or 30 or 40. But there's there's always a good number of, like, maybe 20 actually is fairly regular for a team that loses their coach. And how many coaches get fired year in and year out in Power 5? A lot, right? Yeah, I mean, this is what I'm getting at, though. These numbers wait, wait, wait. Are... But hold on, hold on, hold on. So let me finish. Well, well, go ahead. There's 85 scholarship players. So let's just use 12 as the baseline. Okay. That's 14% of your roster. Okay. On your on portal. Like, that's that's my point is that the overwhelming majority of the guys on your roster okay are still going to be guys that you recruited from day one to build your program um listen you may be right you, you may be um all I'm saying is is that Kiffin going back to where we started with all this Kiffin is a guy who as a coach thinks like an Nil free agent 
um, for his own self, for his own job. But as as a college football guy who thinks that the the system is now flawed because it's not what it used to be, that's an old school mentality for a new school kind of coach. Um, Beto and Whittier in the Sedano and Cap Circle of Trust has nailed it. Lane has always had a sense of entitlement being a coach's kid. Hated the guy at SC, hated him at the Raiders, and he's been a tool wherever he is. I loved it when Al Davis fired him and he goes, he's a liar. He's a liar. That's exactly what Al Davis said when he fired him. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. No, Sedano, I'm taking it away. But I'm going to say, take it away, producer Tyler. Thanks, Cappy. All right, so the New York Yankees are down bad right now, as they have sole possession of last place in the American League East following the team's offensive woes as they continue to you know struggle after losing Aaron Judge to a foot injury, the one that he sustained when he made that play in right field at Dodger Stadium. Anyway, their pitcher, Tommy Calney, destroyed a cooling fan yesterday in a dugout outburst during their loss to the Angels, which they ultimately got swept by the Angels. Cappy, is destroying something in the workplace in a fit of rage a big deal or no deal? <laughs> well, based on what happened this week, um, I'm going to have to say a somewhat big deal. You know, George threw that water bottle at me. I whipped it right back at him. It blew up and exploded and got him all wet, and then for some reason later in the show as he was yelling to me, shut up, shut up, shut up, I decided to throw more stuff at him, including a remote control, broken, a set of headphones, which according to reports, I can't confirm nor can I deny, but according to reports, the headphone cable jumped up, hit a TV, broke the TV, TV gone from the studio now. It's been replaced, actually. Yeah, there's a new TV, I'm looking at it. So I feel horrible about breaking things in a professional environment. Do you? I do. Hmm. How do you feel? But in the moment, how'd you I feel? I didn't break anything, so I seriously I don't... did the same thing. Mm. <laughs> I didn't break a thing, so. All right. Other than so, your ego, apparently. So Cappy, still hitting your, still thinks it's a big deal, but he, did, hitting but he your, did it. The only thing I broke was your ego when I hit your belly right in the <laughs> belly button. Dude, you got to see the bruise on my belly. Oh, stop it. It was an 8-ounce like, bottle like, of water. It was like a 250-mile-an-hour fastball came back and hit me directly in the belly. <sighs> yeah. Mm-hmm. What about it hurts shit, really bad. You think destroying something in the workplace is a big deal or no deal? It is a big deal. That's why I think Cappy should be punished by the utmost of whatever the law we you have You think here. Cappy should, should get billed for TV upgrades in the studio? I mean, those TVs these days don't cost that much. And Ireland should pay for the wall. Ireland should pay for the mm, wall. Just saying. I got your back, the, Cappy. I got your back. How about the trophy? Thank you, Laura. Thank you. And the trophy, for that matter. I would agree. Laura, you, like to, Laura how do you feel? How do you feel about destroying something in the workplace? Uh, big deal? Not a big deal. Nah. Depends what you destroy. And if it was an accident. Or yeah, not. I think mine I was think... an accident. Oh, I'm yeah. not even sure I broke it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Tommy Tommy Cowley had it out for that fan. He wanted that fan to get destroyed. Yeah. All right. What's next? All right. So a jury has awarded a Florida family eight hundred thousand dollars in a civil lawsuit against McDonald's. I saw this. One of its fr- mm-hmm. and uh, McDonald's and one of its franchisees after a toddler was burned by hot chicken nuggets. Back in May, the jury found that they were liable for failing. They being the the location McDonald's for uh, failing to properly warn or provide reasonable instructions right. on the possible harm from the hot McNuggets dispensed at the Tamarack Florida drive-thru. Now, that's Cappy, that's right near there. your own old neighborhood, right? Yeah, it is. And could have been you, Cappy. So, I saw the pictures. This like they were like legit burns. Like I don't know what degrees is what, but yeah. like Whatever, like, a first or second degree burn looked like, that's what it looked like on yeah. this poor child's they arm. They come hot out of a fryer. Yeah. So, 
Yeah. So this this child's like wrist like area, like just below the wrist in the arm, forearm area, was burnt. Yeah. Like legitimately burned oh, yeah. skin off. Um, McDonald's has been through this previously. Yep. There was also one, a famous one I remember about coffee. coffee. Yep. Yeah. Coffee. Um, so this is not the first time McDonald's it's has been It's true. The payout they issued today for pain and suffering included $400,000 for injuries sustained, which are the ones that you mentioned, in the past, and then 400000 for damages the injury determined will be sustained in the future. Obviously, if there's any kind of scarring, I'm sure, is what the intentions were with the other half of that payout. So, people burning their mouth, I kind of worded this weird, people burning their mouths on food that is typically hot and frankly is expected to be hot, and then filing a lawsuit for damages is a big deal or no deal. Cappy, I'm coming to you first. It is a big deal because it's funny you say that because let me ask you a question. Hypothetically, you go to McDonald's, they give you some chicken McNuggets, they're cold. You got a lawsuit. That's what I'm saying. Well, if you break like your tooth or something on it, if it's like frozen. (laughs) I broke my tooth on a frozen McNugget. Pay me 800 grand. Hey, listen, I haven't seen the burns, but I'm just kind of reading through the story. They're really bad. They're bad. Somebody in the circle of trust had it. How did they, um, how did the kid's hand get burned? Is it like. I'm sure they, they probably like picked them up or they fell out or right. They yeah. might, right, and it fell or on. They realized how hot it was and they let go and it right. like, it dropped hit, on their arm. Or something. On, it yeah. dropped on right below the wrist. Right, man. Oh man, like you just you want them fresh, you want them hot. They gave them to you and they're so fresh and hot they burned you. Yeah. Mm. As someone who worked at McDonald's, because I did, I uh, we were always very careful. Like, because you know, people are like, I want my fries without salt. That was like their way of making sure they were fresh. We still couldn't give them the fries like scorching hot where we couldn't touch them because then obviously we can burn somebody. And it's like to Sedano's point, this is a thing that's happened with McDonald's. And listen, I I love me my Mickey D's. Okay, I love their fries and their breakfast. So it's not at this. But I do think that, you know, certain measures should happen. And also in the other aspect the parents too like maybe you take the food before the kid but at the end of the day someone was going to get burned those burns were bad yeah it was bad really bad yeah all right what's next all right so did you guys see the at bat from bryce harper yesterday I did. where he just like stood he, was, up. he was practically an automatic out after walking up to the plate he proceeded to take six straight pitches without mm. any apparent intention to swing and ultimately struck out looking against brewers pitcher hobie milner in the bottom of the sixth milner after the game said uh that he's never seen anything quite like it. Not for that many pitches, no, he said. For a couple pitches, yeah. I was like, oh, okay, maybe this is going to be the pitch that he decides to ambush. It just never came. Harper kept his hands in a resting position the whole way through. Now, Harper's been known to wear his emotions on his sleeve. I feel this is kind of an underlying concern for him, both as a player and maybe projects towards the Phillies organization, because he hasn't commented on the at-bat, at least not yet, and in the past, he's gotten emotional on the field and he'll typically kind of back himself up at the end he's remained quiet so is Bryce Harper essentially wasting an at-bat and ultimately striking out a big deal or no deal let's say you George um I mean I guess you know it was a tie ball game if I recall correctly and they lost the game right Harper is an at-bat that you anticipate being exciting or at least you know a challenge I mean it was still middle of the game though but um, what were his other at bats like? Uh, that I don't have. Yeah, I mean that to me also, you know. Well, this look, the kid I, who's I, the pitcher. Did you see the kid who's the pitcher is a left-handed pitcher? Yeah. And what he does is is he kind of steps to the left. He's like a sinker, like a, a three, like like a sidearm pitcher. Right, yeah. right. So he's he's a left-handed kind of a sidearm guy who takes a real wide step off the mound to his left, and Harper's a left-handed hitter. So he's happy to sit there and look, 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 look. He's got a full count. And then the last pitch, he actually lifts his right leg like he's going to take a swing, and he doesn't. And so I couldn't tell, is he protesting something? Is he is he hurting his team intentionally for some reason? Yeah. So or, do you want to he hear really from, having a hard do you time hear picking f- up the ball? From the Philly postgame crew? Hold on. Yeah. Hold on. Yeah. Give me a second. Lower the music. I will just play this off my computers. Give me a second. Harper in there, Hobie Milner in relief. 
belief of Colin Ray, and it, it really defies description because you, we've never seen Harper do anything like this and before. I, I was Very looked, casual. I, I just looked up, like, is there something that they have against each other? Bryce was 0 for 1 in his career against them. So that's 1 and 1. But why? But, but, by the way, what Rob Thompson said, it kind of disgusts me a little bit. Well, he was speculating, though. We don't know that well, Bryce thought I, that. I hope he's not going up there thinking somebody's going to walk him. Right. I mean, not why? the mindset to have. Full count, and then he does that. That's right down the pipe. I just don't understand. It's a 3-3 ball game. So, say he does go up top right there. It puts the team up 4-3. to three. That changes the completely different way you use the bullpen. Completely Just so different. Confused. It is. It's baffling to me uh, that 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 transpired. Hopefully, we hear from Bryce and, and hear why he chose to do that. But if you're of that mindset that you're going up there and thinking this guy's going to walk me. Then you're going to be out of the at bat. Even if he does give you something to hit, I just think he'd be chomping at the bit to get in there but against you, Milner in a 3 3 ball game. I can put my team up right here. The, the problem is you can. All right. So he had four at bats, one strikeout, and one hit. Yeah. You got a tie ball game, 3 to 3. You got you to gotta go up there swinging. It's very uncharacteristic of Bryce Harper. Yeah, it was weird. Like um, ultimately, um, you probably want to lower me a little bit because I'm really hot now, I feel like. Um, low, ultimately. Something had to be up. Maybe he had an issue with the manager or whatever, or who knows. You know what I mean? So, Yeah, I don't think strange. this is nothing. Did seem strange. The, uh, the only thing I'll say is in the last, last pitch, he did look like he was about to swing. The previous five pitches didn't even look like he was going to swing. Yeah, it was very odd. And like I said, Harper is not one to hide his emotions. Yeah. So All right. This this has to be a reflection of something. I'm sure we're going to hear about it. I just surprised we haven't heard about it. I mean, I'm surprised the Philly media couldn't get yeah, to him. It's been the really manager, quiet. whatever. Yeah. All right. Coming up next, Cappy, the latest on Josh Jacobs and the Raiders and what he should do in the running back conundrum as it continues uh, with Josh Jacobs and company. So that's coming up on the other side. Plus, dealer's choice before we get out here. Uh, all right. We're back in a couple minutes. Dealer's choice in a second. Is it? Yeah, we're there already, aren't we? Damn. Yeah. I, I didn't realize the show was almost over. Show's flying today. Yeah. I would agree. Like that water bottle hit you in the belly. Time flies when you're having fun, boys. It sure does. You can see how bruised I am. Like that, like that headset you threw at the TV. <laughs> you see how injured I am. Headset. <laughs> like you threw at the... the you almost killed that poor guy at first base. You know, I, I sitting there watching. I, you know, th- those people were afraid for a second. That was some they air mail right there. They should have been. Listen, I got hurt. I got injured. And when I went to the doctor, because I got this broken hamstring that's going to take me six years to probably recover from, Yeah. the doctor was checking me out, and he goes, what happened to your stomach? And I said, what do you mean, doc? And he said, well, look at this massive bruise on your stomach. And yeah. I said, and he goes, what happened? Rachel's just rough. I said, I said, in my workplace, <laughs> my partner threw a 250-mile-an-hour fastball yeah. with a block of ice. With a block of ice? Disguised as a water bottle. Oh, stop. And hit me. I, I was going to say a word that Laura was going to dump in Spanish. Careful. You can, you can curse in Spanish. No, he can't. You know how often <laughs> I curse in Yiddish and she has no idea what I'm saying? That's cool. I don't know it. FCC can't come after me. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what is not cool? Josh Jacobs' situation, much like Saquon Barkley. Uh, but Josh Jacobs is in an interesting situation because the reality is he's a free agent, mm-hmm. and it doesn't look like he's going to have a better offer than the 10-point-whatever million that he's going to get in the franchise tag anywhere else. Yep, he should take the money. Well, he should. I think Saquon Barkley has a much... It's a different case. I don't think it's the same case. It is not the same case, and here's why. Saquon Barkley is the New York Giants offense. Mm -hmm. Josh Jacobs is a a very, very important piece of the Raiders offense. Correct. But here's the bigger issue. Look, these young guys, I feel for them. I understand that they're upset and in, in many cases, kind of like embarrassed almost, that why does a quarterback like Daniel Jones get $40 million, but Saquon Barkley, who's a much bigger piece of the offense, can't even get himself like 11 or $12 million? Why is that? Just because he's a quarterback and I'm a running back? And he's an – he's well, oh, my God. Did you see what Saquon Barkley said about um, 
<laughs> what he said. And Daniel Jones like was his guy for a second, but apparently Dan I guess they thought they were both gonna get paid together. And uh and he apparently made some comment about um about Daniel Jones where he called him, you know, he said he had performed adequately. Mm. He was adequate. He got to and won a road playoff game. He was adequate. Yeah, but that's like, like, could you imagine if Rachel, if someone asked Rachel, hey, how's Cappy as a lover? And she just said, well, he's adequate. George, that could never happen. Mm -hmm. And I'll explain why. Yeah. Because if it's been four years, there are guys in my neighborhood that have looked at her, especially when she was single, and gone, she kind of goes through them, man. Now, what have you got special that's lasted four years? You see, I wouldn't be around this long if I were simply adequate. Now, Laura, you may not think 15 minutes is a lot. A lot it's of the not. guys in the circle of trust think 15 minutes is a very ample amount of time for Actually, lovemaking. that's not true. No? Because it was spoken about on late night uh -huh. yesterday, and they all agree with me that 15 is not enough. Okay, and, and what, is a, what is a good number? How I, long should it last? It's an interesting twist from uh, Josh yeah, Jacobs. I was like, I don't know how we got here. How long should lovemaking last? I think it's a, uh, everyone's different, right? No, but you said 15 but, okay, minutes for is me, not enough. Okay, if you're asking just me, not any of everybody else, just me, I need more than 45 to 60 minutes plus. 45 to 60 minutes yes. plus. You know how much my watch goes off? Are we talking start to finish? Or are we just talking about like... <laughs> Is he, he wants, she wants to know if there's the the pre the pregame the pregame the pre no it doesn't count yeah no oh come that, that on, may, that's even extra come on girl that's extra time come on girl please I mean my man's also young cat come on he he's young and he smells delicious but he ain't <laughs> he ain't like that yeah he is yeah. he is he ain't like that anyway Josh Jacobs here's the thing mm -hmm. George back to Josh Jacobs because this is important stuff he'll never make up the money. So you see, if you take a hard line and you say, I'm not going to play, and then you don't make the $10 million that you're due to make, and then you think next year there's going to be more money for you, here's the unfortunate reality for this young man. You will never, ever, Recoup ever that. make that money back. And the data point you need to look at is very obvious. It's Le'Veon Bell, who's apologizing now to the Steeler fans and the Steelers organization going, I screwed up. He never made the money for sitting out, and he and he lost his game. Can't do it. Yeah, I, I just think there's situations him and Saquon are just different. So, but you think you think either of these guys will sit out? I think Saquon is considering it. I'd love to see it. I would love to see a player who is clearly worth more than what the franchise tag should pay him and is clearly worth more than what the Giants are willing to pay him, and the fact that they have all the leverage, um, I'd love to see well, this young if, man. If they start like 0-2 or 0-3, then... Um, then maybe. You know, they have seven of their first 11 games on the road. Wow. Wow. I saw this happen many years ago. Emmett Smith. Um, Emmett Smith wasn't my first one. Oh. Um, but... I know that was a big national story. I saw it up close and personal a long time ago with a, a player by the name of Vincent Jackson. Remember oh, with the wide receiver for the Chargers, yeah. Right, and then he wound up leaving and going to Tampa Bay. Guy was a physical freak, and he thought he should make you know whatever the money was, and the organization said absolutely not, and he wound up sitting out like 10 games, came back, played in like a quarter. He was like, oh, my toe hurts, sat on the sideline. I mean, it just gets ugly between the player and the team. You know, especially if a guy has to come back just so he can vest for a year. Yeah. Not good. Yeah, it's going to be fascinating to see how this all plays out, man. But I, you know, I feel for them. I feel like, and it's funny because we were talking about Ole Miss earlier, and the best running back maybe in college football uh, was a freshman last year, sophomore now, Quinshawn Judkins, who led the SEC last year. I think he had like 1,600 yards or whatever uh, for, for Lane Kiffin. And he actually went on the record at SEC Media Days and said that 
It's why he says he's he wants to play in the slot. He wants to play in different places like B. John Robinson did. Yeah, doesn't so, want to get beat up before he gets to the NFL and shorten his career. Right, and and well, and also show his versatility, mm-hmm. right? That he's a playmaker, mm-hmm. not just a running back. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. So I, I find that fascinating um, that even a young man at 19 years old is already looking at that because he's that good, right? Yeah. So he he might be that next guy, right? Mm-hmm. So he'd rather be the next Bijan um, before, uh, you know, or Christian McCaffrey and not be the next Josh Jacobs, right? So anyway, uh, Cappy, dealer's choice. We got three minutes. Let it rip. Right. Dealer's choice. Here we go. So tonight here in South, South LA, mm-hmm. George year 17 of my horse racing stable mm, stable we a, wars we have a big party tonight <laughs> and then tomorrow is opening day at del mar which is kind of a holiday for those of us that are in this industry are you not on tomorrow i am off the air tomorrow oh who am i, I doing the show with tomorrow i have to celebrate the holiday clinton yates oh cy oh, the big the cy, big CY. Yeah. television's clinton yates all right so tonight is the big party you know, tonight's our opening night party. Oh, uh, you and Rachel getting dressed up? Oh, yeah, for sure. Not only that, but yeah. my daughter and her girlfriend who's in town from college, my other daughter and her boyfriend who's in town, mm-hmm. my son is coming. I mean, like, everybody's coming to this party tonight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The whole and, Kaplan family. Yeah, 17 years in the horse racing business. Yeah. So I had this producer, this TV producer, and I was working these these NFL football games for CBS. Yeah. And this guy said to me, you know anything about horse racing? And I said, no, why? And he said, well... You know, horse racing needs young broadcasters. You should learn. So I went to the Del Mar racetrack. I yeah. met this this guy who's now become my business partner, and he taught me horse racing. Look at you, Cappy. And, dude, I was there studying horse racing to try and get into horse race broadcasting like yeah. on TV. Why don't you do it? TVG right there. They have an office right off the 405. Well, they did. They turned into FanDuel, right? Right. But I, I, I looked at these guys in the middle of the ring, and I went, that looks more exciting than broadcasting. I said, how do I get in there? And they said, well, you have to be an owner. Well, I was like, well, I, I, how do you own? They're like, oh, dude, you don't want to get into horse racing ownership. And that's where I learned to syndicate. George, 17 years later, we're standing here. We're still in business, and tonight's our big party, and tomorrow's opening day. So I got to say, man, um, I never planned on being in horse racing. I didn't even know anything about horse racing. And here we go, 17 years. Season 17, George, of the Great Friend Stables. I should have sold you a piece of a horse. You want to buy a piece of a horse? <laughs> no, I'm good. Are you going to watch Stable Wars? Maybe just for the bit. Dude, you don't get it. Uh, it's, my dude, buddy, it's, it's, my it's, buddy's already, I've already had people try to sell me horses and horses and pieces of horses and all that stuff. So, so come buy some. Please. No, I'm good, bro. I'm good. Come buy a little bit. I'm good. Tyler, you want to be a horse owner? I bought into a hotel. That's much more profitable, I think, in the end. Than a horse, no offense. Lori, you want to buy into a horse? I'm good. Come on, dog. I was going to say something wrong, but, you know, got to go. Come on. We got a rope. Hey, real quick, Rams training camp coming to UC Irvine, your home of Rams football. 710 ESPN has unprecedented coverage this season. It all begins Saturday, 4 o'clock, July 29th. That's next Saturday, actually, uh, with a Saturday edition of Sedan on Cap. Make plans to come out with us that afternoon at UC Irvine for Rams training camp on 710. All right, excellent work, Cappy. Go have fun at your horse party. Right on. Don't horse around too much. Won't do it. Uh, great job, Lauda and Tyler. We'll talk to you mañana. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.